Hello Lagos. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Sandra Ezekwasili. And these are your hard facts. First hard fact of the day. 287 new confirmed COVID cases yesterday. Lagos has climbed back to the top with 107. Remember I told you about you as number one yesterday. So you can see, even though the second wave has lost strength, it's still alive. And that's why I'm asking you, Lagos, to please take all the precautions that you can. Huh? Limit your movement outside, wear a mask, give gap, wash your hands as often as you can. Today on Hard Facts, I'm bringing you Big Three Global Edition. Let's talk about some Myanmar policemen and soldiers disobeying orders to shoot protesters. And fleeing the country instead. Then let's talk about the Harry and Meghan's uh, interview with Oprah. That uh, particular interview where they made a lot of revelations about the UK royal family. And then let's talk about the Flutterwave deal and what it means for the tech ecosystem in Nigeria and globally. As usual for Friday, we're bringing you Public Square with Agogo. We'll wrap up the show with music and moments with Ifangi and Sam. News updates are coming your way at the top of every hour. We're going to play just a minute, so you need to listen to every part of this show if you want to be our winner on today's Just a Minute. But right now, let's bring you today's Big Three Global Edition. The Big Three Global Edition on Hard Facts. Under what circumstances should a soldier or cop disobey an order? Under what circumstances should a soldier or cop disobey an order? Would you give up your career and your family for your spouse? Would you do it? How many more tech unicorns will emerge from Nigeria? Those are the big three global edition Lagos. Let's get into the stories. As you know, on Fridays, we try to let Nigeria rest for a bit and uh, we look at the biggest stories in the entire world. Although sometimes the biggest stories are still Nigerian stories or they affect Nigeria somehow. Don't forget, we're streaming live on Facebook, uh, Nigeria Info 99.3. We're also streaming uh, on YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. Our first story, hundreds of police officers and soldiers from Myanmar have fled to India. They say that they were given orders to shoot protesters and they refused to. So as you know, there was a military coup in Myanmar last month. We've been following it here on the Big Three Global for weeks. Immediately after the coup, the people of Myanmar started mass protests in every major town. But recently things got bloody. I told you last week how soldiers on camera shooting protesters dead. So far, we have reports of at least 50 such murders and hundreds of beatings. But now we're getting these reports of officers saying no. Some of them refuse to shoot their country people and so instead they've run to India and other neighboring countries. By the way, the Myanmar government is asking India to return the fugitives. They say India should do it to preserve good relations between the two governments. So now there's a bit of a debate going on in India. Should the government send these officers back or will the moral and legal answer be to give them asylum? But back to the reason for the defections. Disobeying orders. 
these officers basically said it was not their job to follow orders that they believed were illegal or immoral. The BBC interviewed some of them and they said things like, I was hired to protect the people. I cannot kill them. I want to know what you think about that. Obey the last command. A lot of people, especially here in Nigeria, still believe in that. They believe that a soldier or a police officer has no room to disobey an order. And we've talked about that a lot here on Hard Facts. And whenever we do, I remind you of World War II. I remind you that after the war, the Allies put many German soldiers and officers on trial for atrocities like the Holocaust. And in their trials, many of the Germans said, yes, I killed those civilians. Yes, I committed those atrocities, but I was only following orders. You cannot punish me for following orders. I had no choice. But the judges said, yes, you can be punished for following orders. So from 1945 until today, we've had an understanding in international law that soldiers and other security personnel have a right to disobey an order if the order is illegal or violates human rights. In fact, it's not just a right, it's a duty. So these officers from Myanmar are saying that they have done that duty and so they should be given safe haven. And I want to know what you think about this. What should the Indian government do? What do you think about these police officers and these soldiers rejecting orders to shoot citizens? 0700-993-993-993. You can also call 01465-7190. But only call that number if you're a woman. 01465-7190. Leave your comments for us on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. Twitter at Nigeria Info FM. WhatsApp 80 0809597805. The number to call again is 0700-993-993-993. If you are a woman, 01-465-7190. What do you think about these soldiers? What do you think the Indian government should do here? What do you think about these police officers rejecting the order to shoot citizens, civilians? Jesulokbaye is our first caller. Hello, Jesulokbaye. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah. See, there's to me, there's nothing like obey the last order, except those people also are wrong. You understand? When they say obey the last order, maybe the people they told to fire are doing bad. But if you are doing good and they say obey the last order, can they save those kind of people should should kill their own mother? Like because it is an order. And a soldier now is facing the mother. The mother did not do anything, no. Hmm. Just say, just giving order. Can the can the army? I don't know. Can the soldier follow that order by shooting the mother? You understand? Okay. So uh, except there is a crime going on. So even if a crime, even if those people are not doing evil, and those soldiers still go ahead to shoot them, then. They, they, they need to arrest them for for obeying that order 
and the person that commanded it, they should just kill all of them. That's it. Obey the last order. Use your discretion. Okay. Do obey the last order. Use your discretion while obeying the last order, just look where it says. Do you agree? Just look, look where it just look where it sounds like the soldiers and uh, police in Myanmar. Remember, we take a step away from Nigeria when we're talking about these stories. 99.3, hello? Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for calling. What's your name? My name is Blythe. Thank you for calling us. Okay, so I think um, the soldiers should be granted asylum. Okay. Because um, they did the right thing to me. Hmm. So they should be granted asylum. That's just all I have to say. Thank you very much for calling and saying it. We've got Fidelis in mile 12 on the line. Hello, Fidelis. Good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling. Well, Sandra, I somehow feel touched for this, uh, those soldiers. Okay. But uh, sometimes I just ask myself of the kind of power that, uh, you know, this government or the soldiers have over their, their, their over the, the soldiers. What the, as in the kind of power the government have over the soldiers okay. for giving them order to kill as if you see, this is a similar thing that happened at the Lekki Togate. Mm. Okay, but I think um, this one, they are being wise enough to understand that their duty is forced to protect the people. And I believe that is why they are turning down that order. For me, I'll beg the Indian government to please just uh, give them that protection that they need for now and forget any relationship that uh, the other government is trying to have from them. Thank right. you, Sandra. Thank you very much for calling us, Fidelis. Uh, we've got Twitter at Nigeria Info FM. Would love to hear your thoughts on this story. If you just joined in, I told you that hundreds of police officers and soldiers from Myanmar have fled to India. They say they were given orders to shoot protesters and they refused to. The officers basically said it was not their job to follow orders that they believed were illegal or immoral. I told you the BBC interviewed some of them and they said things like, I was hired to protect the people. I can't kill them. Michael is in Ibejuleki. Michael, what do you think of this story? Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Michael. What do you think of this story? This is Michael from Ibejuleki. This story is sad. This is what happened in Libya some years ago mm. when Gaddafi ordered the soldiers to shoot his people and the soldiers refused. They ran away to other villages, dropped their ammunition. But in Nigeria, you cannot do that. What happened about the answer? They could have dropped their arms and find their way, but they waste our people. Now they give amnesty to the army general and even give him ambassador post, which is very, very wrong. Mm. Thank you. All right, Michael. Thank you very much for calling. Now, like I told you, the Myanmar government is asking India to return the fugitives. They're saying India should do it to preserve good relations between the two governments. And there's a bit of a debate going on in India about this. Should the government send these officers back or would the moral and legal answer be to give these soldiers, these police officers, asylum? What do you think? 99.3. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. What's your name? 
Oh, sorry about that. If you're going to call us, you have to put your radio off. 99.3. Hello, good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Yeah, this is Ovo calling from Lekki. Good to have you on the show. Yes. <clears throat> I want to quickly talk about this soldier issue. Mm-hmm. My father is an ex-soldier. Okay. Died as a soldier. Okay. 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 One one time, I was still very young then. Right. I heard him talking about um, a command that was given to them. Right. Why they were fighting this um, world war, their civil war. I can't really remember now. Okay. And he said the commander then gave them an order hmm. to shoot a disobeying soldier. Okay. And instead of them shooting that soldier because they know that that soldier did not disobey, they shot the commander. And killed the commander. Whoa. There were two soldiers and one um, um, commander at that point. And he knows that if he, but what he said was that if you are going to disobey the other, you must be sure that your life will be saved after disobe- disobeying the other. So it's either you kill the commander and find your way. Because at the end of the day, if you don't, they will get hold of you and nail you. Hmm. Then I was still very young, okay. and he said they killed the commander and just assumed that the commander died along with the, with the, with the battle. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, that is so cold. I don't even know how to feel about this story, to be honest with you. But my God, very cold. Uh, thank you for calling to tell me this story. I, I don't even know what to do with myself or with the story itself. Okay. Lagos, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Emmanuel is on the line. Emmanuel, let me talk to this lady who's calling and then I'll come to you, right? Hello. Thanks for calling us. Hello. How are you? What's your name? Fine. Um, Margaret from Abuleba. Margaret, good to have you on the show. What do you think In of fact, this story? In fact, I will uh, appeal to the conscience of Indian government to give these soldiers asylum. Okay. Because these people, they were ordered to shoot. Are they criminals? No. Is it undemocratic to seek for good governance? No. Was it not what happened in Nigeria? The youths, which crime did they uh, commit? That that's a failure of the government, that's a failure of the system, that's a failure of everything. And they are peacefully protesting for a good government. Is it a crime? Why should they be shot? Why should they be killed? In fact, I will appeal to the conscience of the Indian government to give them asylum and protect them. They did a very good thing. This is what would have happened in Nigeria. But because we are gullible and because our, our, our army has been politicized, and that was why they are dancing to the tune of this failed government. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling us. Emmanuel in Lekki, let's talk to you now. Hi. Hello. Um, hello, Sandra. How you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. Go ahead. So, so um, I believe that, you know, no matter the service or the position you hold mm-hmm. in any office or whatsoever, uh-huh. there's some level of, um, will I say, empathy, conscience you should have for your subordinates, especially when you are in an office of power okay. where you have the, the mandate to give some certain strategic um, instructions and policies that would affect the life of people around you. Hmm. Now, I'm, I'm so sorry, but you see, 
this country and its failed government have failed to realize that lives of people are dependent on the decisions and the and the and the declarations, you know, the amendments and all of that, or whatever they do. So they don't even care. They just care about their own selfish interests. And because of how gullible and wicked, that's the word, wicked they are, they, they've spread that disease or that whatsoever across every department and outfit. And so you don't expect them to think reasonably or morally. Hmm. Now, for this thing that has happened in, the, in, the, in India, I expect that those military, I pray that those military are being given asylum because they've done the right thing. That these are people, though they are carrying arms, but yet they have the moral thinking, they have empathy, they, they, they put the lives of people before theirs and not theirs before the people that they have been called into the office to serve. Right. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I understand now, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, which is the reason why, even in the national anthem, you've been called to serve. You're not called to serve. When you go through the lyrics of the national anthem, mm-hmm. you've been called, Nigeria's called to serve our father's land. You're not mm-hmm. serving an individual. You're not serving a government. You're serving the people. Mm-hmm. So, if you're serving the people, invariably, it means that those people that you serve, you have no right at all to kill any one of them unjustly or without being guided by the law or the rule of order that will say, okay, fine, this person has been found guilty. You understand? This is the judgment and this is the penalty of what this person should go through and this department is supposed to handle that execution. There and fine. You'll be justified and look, yes, you understand? This is your situation to why I killed this person and it was an order that was given because of the crimes that this person has committed, which is a simple thing. But here, in this case, it's just a simple protest. All they right. just want their voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. They just want their plights to be attended to by the government. And here you are asking people that you've told to protect them to not kill them. It will not be done. If I were to be in the military, I will not do that. And it's quite sad that it happened in Nigeria and up until today, as we speak, the bodies of those people are yet to be recovered. It's quite sad. Emmanuel, thank you very much for calling. We've got messages on WhatsApp, so let's take a look at some of them. Kate from Lakaway says, This is thoughtful of the soldiers. They did the right thing. God will bless them. This kind of thing will not happen here in Nigeria. India should please give them asylum. Well, it kind of happened. Do you remember that... um, during the NSARS, there was a military man, there was a video of someone allegedly uh, in the military, someone who was wearing camouflage, uh, who had a mask over his face, who had glasses on, we were only seeing his lip and his nose. And he made a video telling his colleagues that these people who are out in the streets were protest, pro- protesting for you. Do you remember that video? It went viral. And he was begging them, don't shoot them, don't kill them. I know that they're going to send us out to go and do it, but no duam. Did he fight for you? Did he fight make country better, etc., etc.? We had that soldier who did that. Do you remember that video? So I think, I mean, and you also heard the story of um, the caller who says his father allegedly was in the military during the war and was given an order and he and his friends... Um, 
or he and his colleagues shot their commanding officer. A wahoo story, but um, you heard that as well. So I, I don't think it's accurate. Um, com- you know, it's entirely accurate to say, oh, you know, if it happened for Nigeria, because I've just given you two examples of it happening in Nigeria. Now, there are probably Nigerians who are listening to me, soldiers, police officers who are listening to me and are horrified at the idea of somebody not obeying orders given to them. Because, I mean, you are supposed to follow orders as a military man. But again, I did tell you that during World War II, after the war, the Allies um, put a lot of German soldiers and officers on trials for atrocities like the Holocaust, right? And in their trials, many of the Germans said, eh, I killed those civilians. I committed those atrocities because I was following orders. You cannot punish me because I was following orders. I didn't have a choice. And then the judges said, yes, you can be punished for following orders. Right? So since 1945 until today, we have had an understanding in international law that soldiers and other security personnel have a right to disobey order. To disobey an order given to them if that order is illegal or if it violates human rights. So th- this is just for the military men and retired police officers who are listening to me and who are appalled by what they're hearing uh, from Nigerians who are not in the system. We've got more messages on WhatsApp. Uh, Kane from Ijegun says, I salute the courage of these military men. It's high time our forces take a cue from them. This is what uh, will make Nigeria better. All right, Wikinde, thank you very much for your message. Lagos, still to come. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, sat down with Oprah Winfrey to talk about why they stepped down as senior members of the British royal family. And that story is coming up next. Don't go away. The Big Three, Global Edition on Hard Facts. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Prince Henry and Meghan Markle sat down with Oprah Winfrey to talk about why they stepped down as senior members of the British royal family and moved from the UK to the United States. That's one of the biggest stories worldwide this week, that particular interview. Mm. 29 minutes past three. I am Sandra Ezekwesili. This is Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I'm about to play a video for you. So if you haven't logged on on Facebook yet, let me give you a few seconds to do that. Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. I'm about to play this video for you. If you don't have the data to go online, don't worry. Keep listening here. I'll play the audio for you here. And I'm just playing a few excerpts of that particular interview that has the world so shaking. Everybody everywhere is talking about it, talked about it for days and days and days. It was the biggest thing that happened in the world over um, uh, the weekend into the new week. So here's the first one I'll play for you and then I'll play a couple of others and then we'll talk about it. I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening, constant thought. And I remember, I remember how he just cradled me and I was, I went to the institution and I said that I needed to go somewhere to get help. I said that I've never felt this way before and I need to go somewhere. 
And I was told that I couldn't, that it wouldn't be good for the institution. So were you thinking of harming yourself? Were you having suicidal thoughts? Yes, this was very, very clear. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of, he won't be given security, he's not gonna be given a title, and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And you're not gonna tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. There was such an obsession about anything in my world, including tracking down my parents, and I did everything I could to protect both of them in that media frenzy. But for over a year, the UK tabloids were trying to find my dad, offering people so much money to try to find his address. Once they did, I remember being told there was a huge headline like, we found him or we've got him. You're talking about someone's father. And from that point, the tabloids, they moved into the apartment next door and across from him, descended on this small town, we're just giving him gifts. The whole thing brings us to where we are today. Mm. I, did it feel like betrayal when you found out your father was working with the tabloids? Um, I'm just trying to decide if I'm comfortable even talking about that. It was, it, if, it, if, it, if we're gonna use the word betrayal, it's because when I asked him, when we were told by the comms team, this is a story that was gonna be coming out, which by the way, the tabloids had apparently known for a month or so and mm -hmm. decided to hold until the Sunday before our wedding because they wanted to mm -hmm. create drama, um, which is also a really key point in all this. They don't report the news, they create the news. Um, we called my dad and I asked him and he said, no, absolutely not. Mm. And I said, you know, the, the institution has never intervened for anything for us, but they can try to go in and kill this story but if they do this once, we're not gonna be able to use that same leverage to protect our own kids one day. He said, no, absolutely not. He hadn't been talking to them? Yeah. yeah. So he basically lied to you. Well, and so when I said, we won't be able to protect our own kids one day, uh -huh. and, and I said, so I just need you to tell me, and if you tell me the truth, we can help. And he wasn't able to do that. Oh. And that for me has, has really resonated, especially now as a mother. You've had these conversations with your family members. They know why you left. Mm -hmm. So has anybody said, I'm sorry you had to make that move, or I'm sorry you felt that you had to do that because you felt we were not supporting you? No, sadly not. The, the, the feeling is that this was our decision, therefore the consequences are on us. Um, and despite three years of, of, of asking for help and seeing or, or visualizing how this might end. Mm -hmm. It was, I don't know, I just, it was, it's been, it's, look, it's been really hard because I'm trying, I am part of, I'm part of the system with, with them, I always have been. Um, but I guess there is, I'm very aware of this, that my brother can't leave that system, but I have. Does your brother want to leave the system? I don't know, I can't speak for him. But 
with that relationship and that 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 control and the fear by the by the uh, by the UK um, tabloids, it's a really it's a toxic environment. Um, but I will always be there for him. And I will always be there for my family. And I, as I said, I've tried to help them to see what has happened. Do they it think it's them. a toxic environment, or do you all just think it's a toxic environment because you're now out of it? Do if we were to have an interview with them or a conversation with them, does your father think it's a toxic environment or relationship? No, I think, in the he, press? I think he's, he's had to make peace with it. And why couldn't you make peace with it? I'll ask that of both of you. Because it's, this was different. You know, it's different because different because of the race and social media and social media. Oh yes, right? different time. That, that different time. That didn't exist, and so it was like the wild, wild west. It was mm -hmm. spread like wildfire. Plus, my being American, it translated in a different way across the pond. So you had a noise level that was very different. But if they can't see that it's different, so you felt bullied on an international level. Look, I think the. I think the volume of what was coming in and the interest was greater because of social media, because of the fact that I was not just British, um, and that unfortunately, if members of his family say, "Well, this is what's happened to all of us," or if his, you know, if if they can compare what the experience that I went through was similar to what has been shared with us, Kate was called weighty Katie waiting to marry William, while I imagine that was really hard, and I do, I can't picture what that felt like, this is not the same. And if a member of his family will comfortably say, we've all had to deal with things that are rude, rude and racist are not the same. Mm. And equally, you've also had a press team that goes on the record to defend you, especially when they know something's not true. And that didn't happen for us. Really explosive stuff. The UK and the world has been reeling from the revelations. Buckingham Palace has issued a statement on behalf of Queen Elizabeth, the Duke's grandmother. And the statement said, The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry and Meghan and Archie will always be much-loved family members. End quote. A statement was expected from the palace, I should say, because of the strong statements that the Duke and Duchess made. They claimed that the royal family as an institution refused to protect Meghan from the press, even when the press were lying about her. Meghan talks about depression due to the isolation and developing suicidal thoughts, and she claims that the institution didn't let her get professional help because it would look bad. Then there are the claims of alleged racism, including a member of the family saying that they were worried about her unborn baby's skin color. Now we can talk about the details, but I also want to uh, make this a bigger conversation, a conversation that a lot of people can relate to. Choosing between family, your birth family and your marriage family. If you're a Christian, you've read in the Bible that a man shall leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, they shall become one flesh. So that's why some people say that when there's a problem, a man should pick his wife over his parents or his sibling. And the same thing for a woman as well with her husband. 
But you have people who disagree. People say that um, people belong to their birth families and they should try to integrate their spouses into those families. But if that cannot happen, the choice should be birth family over spouse. But in the Meghan and Harry story, there's also the dimension of family versus career. So before they got married, Meghan Markle was a successful actress. She was on Suits. You watched Suits with Harvey Specter, right? One of my favorite TV shows. But to marry Harry, she had to leave Hollywood. Basically, an acting career would not align with her public role as a senior royal or her status. So she left it. And probably that was part of the problems that she had adjusting to a new life. And Harry says that he felt the institution didn't do a good enough job helping her adjust or defending her against the, pre the press. So now to protect his wife, he felt he had to leave the royal family institution. Now let's be clear, Harry has also given up his career now because being a senior royal is a job. It's a job that Harry has been trained for his whole life, heading charities, performing royal functions, supervising national events. It's a full-time job. And some might say that it was the only one Harry was trained to do, apart from his military service. So he has now given up staying in his home country, staying around his family and his career in order to protect his wife. And I want to know how you see that. How do you see what these two young people have sacrificed for each other, for their marriage? Do you think Meghan Markle did the right thing, giving up her career for her marriage? Do you think Harry did the right thing, choosing her over his birth family, over his previous responsibilities, over his career? Because you have people who say, a lot of people who say spouse first, and other people who say birth family first. Which one do you agree with? Is it your spouse first or is it your, your birth family first? Our number for women, 01465-7190. 01465-7190. Our number for men, 0700-993-993-993. That number for women again, 01465 7190. We've got Light on the line. Hello, Light. Thank you very much for calling us. Oh, hi. Hi, Light. So, um, your, your program is so interesting, yeah? Thank you. So we're basically here just talking about everything about the Megan. Because our driver over here and all of us are just here talking about it. And, we, and we're actually saying this now, yeah? Hmm. I am speaking to my spouse. Mm -hmm. I am not speaking to no family, okay? Spouse okay. first. And how is it the right thing by um, cleaving, according to the driver here? This one is even more than cleaving. This one is gone. He's gone <laughs> for that woman, and I love it. Okay? So we support the motion. Okay. Go, go, Harry, go, Harry, go, go Harry. Harry. Okay, support the motion. I like that. 99.3. <laughs> Woo! Turn your radio off, please. What's your name? Oh, no. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. 01465-7190. Hello. Thanks for calling us. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name? My name is Rosalind. Hi, Rosalind. Good to have you on the show. Go ahead. 
Thank you. Um, about the issue concerning um, Meghan and Harry, I think Harry did the right thing. Okay. It's okay to choose your birth family. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the issue of the spouse, you need to always put your spouse first before every other person. Okay. Like you said earlier, the reason why God told the man you'd leave your family and go meet your wife is because you're supposed to be one flesh. So if you can't protect your wife mm. from any other person, then can you call yourself a man? It's not possible. So I think Harry did the right thing, and I'm rooting for him and Meghan because I think racism is really bad, and the way they were treating her was really bad. I mean, she was almost trying to kill herself. That was the length, the S-train. So I'm really happy they left. That was the best thing for them and your baby Archie. Thank so, yeah, All I'm right. rooting for them. Rooting for them. Thank you very much. We have Harry calling us. This Harry is in Shasha, though. Hi, Harry. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you think about what this uh, young couple is doing? Uh, first, let me say, he was named after me, not the other way around. Oh, Harry, I mean. Okay, yes, sorry. Because I'm older. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but on the real, I think um, he took the best decision. In fact, I think it must have been the only decision to take okay. if he wanted, you know, his family to live in peace and, you know, explore all the opportunities for happiness. Okay. You know, there was no way he was going to operate in the institution hmm. with Megan. Megan Megan has a history of activism, I hope you know. Yes. As in she's very outspoken. You know, so there was no way after having a, a successful acting career, you know, and being an activist that hmm. she was going to be subsumed in the institution. It was not going to happen. Okay. You know, in fact, I'm surprised it took this long. I thought it would happen after like six months or a year max. Okay. You know, so as I think she endured, hmm. you know, but that part about, you know, someone in the royal family having concerns about the complexion of her baby. Hmm. See, that, that is racism with a capital R. You know why I say this? Why? Megan is biracial. Right. Her child will be, I don't know what the word is, is it quarter racial? <laughs> yes, meaning that he's going to look more Caucasian than he will look black. In fact, it will take a, a white man that is as white as snow, hmm. you know, to figure out if this boy is completely white. Because you and I, when we look at Megan, mm-hmm. we almost see a black, I didn't even know a she, white I didn't woman. even know she was white until That's all what of, I'm saying. All I think we, we see a white, yeah, yeah. We see, it took till we saw her mom mm-hmm. to know she was biracial. Looking yeah. at her, we couldn't tell. Yeah. You know, so for any human being to, start to think, to mm-hmm. bother mm-hmm. about the complexion of the child, that person is a racist with a capital R. In fact, Naim be the superhero of racism. Superhero. So I really, I really wish she spilled the beans on who that person was. That mm. person needs to be disgraced. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm calling her. Like, if there's a way she can reveal who that person is, let the person be disgraced. As in, an absolute disgrace. That's what that person is. Harry, thank you very much for calling us. Let's move on to our final story. It's a business story brought to you by Zcrest Investment Managers. Flutter Wave is now a unicorn. That means the company has received investment that is valued, uh, that valued it at over one billion dollars now you know that flutterwave is a nigerian company right they are a fintech that focuses on payments for companies and card payments for people they just announced that they had a series c investment round that's a fifth official round of investment and in that round investors pumped in 170 million dollars in exchange for shares in the company 
Let's hear from our investors here on Hard Facts, and then we'll come back and tell you more about Flutterwave's new deal. Need to save for a new car, house rent, or your next vacation? Or be financially ready to get yourself a COVID vaccine next year? Let Zinvest Aspire keep you in check. Need low-risk investment option? With attractive rates, Zinvest High Yields is your best bet. Zcrest Investment Managers, Zinvest is a SEC-licensed asset management company. At Zinvest, professional asset managers with industry expertise dedicate time into preserving your wealth. Zimvest has a web platform that enables you invest in a range of investment products that offers you good returns. Visit www.zimvest.com.ng to get started. Zimvest, demystifying wealth from creation to distribution for all. And let's come back to Flutterwave, this Nigerian company uh, that received investment valuing it at over $1 billion. Now, we don't know how many shares these investors got, but basically they got less than 17% of the company. And if you pay $170 million for less than 17% of a company, it means that you, that company, is worth more than $1 billion. And if that company is still private, if that company is not listed on any stock exchange, we call it a unicorn. And that's Flutterwave, a Nigerian unicorn. The first one was Interswitch. We also had Jumia, but they're not listed on the New York uh, Stock Exchange, so they're no longer a unicorn, technically. But you see, we have more and more Nigerian tech companies becoming so successful that they're attracting international investment, becoming as large as tech companies abroad. Flutterwave is operating in 20 African countries, and they're planning to expand even further. In fact, after this deal, analysts are thinking that Flutterwave could become a globally competitive payment company. That's a Nigerian company. I have to keep saying that. So we have to ask, what is in the water in the Nigerian tech sector? Which did they chop for Yaba? Would they make them build these world-conquering businesses? We'll talk about that after we listen to our sponsors on the show today. Okay, so the question is not about what you should be investing in. What you should be asking is, who should I be investing with? Because there is on unregulated asset um, managers, people who would promise you heaven on earth, unrealistic returns, and they will delve very little into the um, associated risks. Zcrest Investment Managers is ever ready to support your wealth creation journey with research-backed investment options. We are your safe, secure, and regulated wealth advisory option We are definitely experts, and we would show you where all the opportunities are. With Zimvest, you can have all your investments in one place. You better be among the first 1,000 people to download our app and start earning some cash today. Hmm. If we wanted to get in touch with you guys, how do we do that? You need to visit www.zimvest.com.ng to get started, or email ask at zimvest.com.ng or you can speak with our private wealth managers on 070 002 002 
0720. You want to call that number one more time? 070-002-00220. Okay, okay, Lagos. Let's go back to talking about uh, Flutterwave and what they're chopping in Yaba. Now, Nigeria has a lot of tech talent and a lot of it is concentrated here in Lagos, especially in Yaba. We have lots of software developers, product managers, designers, and many of them are founders in their own companies. These are, of course, the young people that are pressing laptop all the time, many of whom say the police have targeted them for years, claiming that they are fraudsters. But they're not. They learn their skills online or in some of our universities. In fact, one of Flutterwave's founders, Ia Boyeji, also founded Andela, a company that trains developers, places them in remote jobs all over the world. Remember, he was here on Hard Facts last year. And programs like Andela really helped grow the ecosystem by creating a lot of talent, a lot of experience. But tech is not the only area where Nigeria has talent. The difference is tech doesn't need too much infrastructure. These men and women are working with their laptops and an internet connection. Most of them, uh, most of the other resources that they need for this work are in the cloud, hosted abroad. And so instead of being held back by poor infrastructure, the tech sector has just driven growth elsewhere. That's why we've seen so much GDP growth in telecoms quarter after quarter. But now, of course, there are some concerns that um, the hiccups with NIN um, SIM integration will slow down telecoms. So it could hurt tech. It won't affect Flutterwave because they've already gone global. But the concern is for the next Flutterwave or the next uh, Paystack or the next InterSwitch, the ones still up and coming. Will changes to regulations in Nigeria slow them down or prevent the rise of the next unicorn? Or will Nigeria embrace the tech sector as the future of employment, as the future of wealth creation, as the future of productivity? Let me hear what you think, Lagos. What do you think about Flutterwave becoming a unicorn? 0700-993-993-993. You can also call 01465-7190. What do you think is behind this explosive growth of the tech sector in Nigeria? You can also send your, send your thoughts to us via WhatsApp. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. We've got Kevin in Surulere. Let's talk to him and then... Uh, uh, take a break. Hello, Kevin. Yes, I'm Sandra. Afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Yeah, this uh, Royal Reef, mm. I, I don't want to go into any details because even as it is now, we don't have the complete version of the whole story. Okay. But generally speaking, I don't think racial discrimination is inevitable in this our time. I don't think it will ever go in. It will continue to the end of time. I don't see anything, any sign of it disappearing. They are still putting their necks on our knees, you know, so it will continue. But until the whole version of the story comes out, I think they can sort themselves out. <laughs> Let me say congratulations to the military and the policemen that went through the porous border to India mm. with their families. I read one of the stories of one of them. He mm. said he's not coming back mm -hmm. and um, that they are comfortable where they are. Mm -hmm. They are the real gallant people of their country. Mm -hmm. I've always told people, you're... Your, your support and your loyalty should be for the country, not for the individual. Hmm. Any person that is there as president or anything, he will come and go. The country will remain. That's right. So when I hear people say, I start with President A or I start with President B, you are not being loyal to anybody. You are just being loyal to a man. Be loyal to your country. And that is what these gallant men have done. 
and the civil rights, the civil uh, disobedience is getting momentum. They will succumb very soon. I believe that. All Thank right. You, Thank you very much, Kevin, for calling us.